Up next on Inside Champ Car, racing with premium dudes. Welcome to Inside Champ Car. I'm Brian Polanski. He is Bill Strong. And we are here just after AMP Motorsports Park. Atlanta. Fresh out of AMP. Fresh out of AMP. That, that sounds like a rap song, right? Fresh out of AMP. That'll do it. <laughs> Welcome, Bill. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. A little, little wore out from that weekend. It was nice and warm and pretty crowded down there with all the cars and the uh, moonshine festival going on. Well, there you go. Get home and Fred Wolf calls me right away and gives me some great news. We'll talk about that later. Cool. With us and, today. Uh, now we're yeah go ahead <laughs> with us today from premium dudes nate gardner how you doing there sir hi doing great uh good to be here thanks for inviting me sorry for the delay to everybody i had the boxes messed up so i had to do a quick little fit angle but we're here we're having fun or at least we're gonna have fun i guarantee you that uh nate we asked we start every show with the same question and since you're a newbie on the show here it comes. How did you get mixed up in this crazy sport that we love? Um, well, I grew up on basically a farm, not really a farm, but we had tractors and stuff. So I was always around machines and had an interest in machines. Uh, went to undergrad and studied mechanical engineering. And then coming out of that, I was hanging out with my wife and her brother and some of their childhood friends, uh, one of them being Andrew Johnson. And I heard that Andrew had a race car, but it was a Honda. So I made fun of him. <laughs> and then he, as he challenged should. me, as I should have. Yes, as yes. I should. He challenged me, basically said, all right, come out and pick crew for me at a race and, and see how slow my Honda is. So I came out and to a race in, um, is that, that one outside St. Louis? Gateway. Oh, yeah, Gateway. gateway. Yeah, Gateway. Crewed for him at Gateway, and then, uh, then I was hooked after that. That was... I came back from that race and said, all right, I've got to get one of these. So you got a Honda? I asked him what car I should get, and he said, don't get a Honda. Get a BMW. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, makes and he's me still so winning, racing and winning it with a Honda, too. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so but you, he had the luxury that when I started out, I didn't have. So when I was a kid and I got started in this in this whole thing, um, when I would tell kids I was going to the racetrack for the weekend, my friends in high school, they'd be like, yeah, what does that mean? You know, racetrack, you know, is that like demolition derby? They had no clue. But Horses. Yeah. Well, they knew it wasn't horses because you wouldn't want to see me on a horse. But nonetheless, it's like they, they, it was like voodoo to them. Uh, now, with the invention of the Internet and this awesome thing called Champ Car Live, um, you can actually show people what you do and they can watch from home which is beyond cool. Oh, that was a question. No, it was more of a statement than a question. <laughs> more of a statement than a question. So how quickly did you get hooked when you went to that first race? Um, Pretty much right away. Yeah. Once I saw a green flag and, and they were going down the straight and going into turn one, uh, pretty hooked after that. I said, all right, this is this is something I've got to get into. Um, so, so was that your first time in the car? No, I was just crewing. I did not oh, drive. Okay, all right. Um, I was crewing and, um, you know, helped with his car. I watched some of the other cars there and, and really liked what I saw. 
my first time in a car, um, a different friend of mine was racing in Charlotte and he was crazy enough to let me drive his car at Charlotte. Holy crap. And I had never been in a race car before. And, uh, and he put me in a, like an 86 BMW five series. <laughs> and I, t- I did five laps at Charlotte and pulled right back in. I said, this, this is too fast. This, I'm, I'm just getting blown by here. I don't know what I'm doing. So I got out and then he let me cool off for like an hour or two, talked me through what was happening and put me and said, you have to go back in the car. Yeah. So he forced me to get back in the car before I left. And so I did another like 30 minutes and settled in and, and really enjoyed it. And, uh, and so then after that, that's when I bought um, uh, the E30 that we now have. And that was back in 2013. Yeah, that's Char- Charlotte. I don't know if I'd use that as a first race. That's that <laughs> is a scary track. And, and it's, know, it takes it skill and you got to know what to do when the car gets a little upset or you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. And it, it was a weird configuration that year. They weren't running the Roval. They were using the whole oval with two chicanes, basically. Right. Uh, so it was. Oh, yeah. That's the one I skipped. Yeah. Yeah. It was fast and. The guys who knew what they were doing were going past me like 40 miles an hour and yeah. it was it was scary <laughs> yeah they only did the inside i don't know why they did that i forget why i i want to say that charlotte was setting up a different event uh on the infield uh for uh, some, some on something not related to racing they, they had some event going on right so there's a way yeah. to run charlotte kyle brought, kyle brought up the water barriers they had water barriers the first year but that's the one that John gave, you know, John got up and gave us the uh, come to Jesus meeting about people hitting his water barriers. And <laughs> he put all these chicanes on the front straight and a couple on the back straight. This is on the old Roval configuration, not the one they've redone since. Okay. I think it was 2012. But they, uh, yes, I got some great pictures of a car going through there and the barriers in the air and just plastic. He didn't put water in them. You just put them out on track, so that was interesting. So they were like Legos. Yeah, and Kyle <laughs> brings up the champ, the champ trucks. Champ trucks came there, I think, the following year, 2013, 2014. Okay. Well, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. So looking at the internet. W- was it, was it, I mean, probably the best thing that ever happened was that he forced you back in the car, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was essential. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got back in the car, you know, wasn't scared that time, had fun with it. And then, and then decided, yeah, okay, I'll go through, I'll buy one of these and I'll get into it. Yeah. Awesome. So how so, hard was it? I mean, were you, did you work on cars? Did you play with cars or was that just something that you just no, had to learn? Like growing up, I was always interested in mechanical stuff. And so I, I had like, uh, I've got the mechanical aptitude as you would say, but I was never really a car guy. Um, so, you know, I'd done some small car repairs with my dad, but, um, nothing like taking an engine apart. Um, so when I got this E30 and had to start turning it into a race car, I basically just winged it, you know, lots of YouTube videos like, oh, how do I get the valve cover off? Well, go to YouTube. How do I change a water pump? All right, back to YouTube, you know? So I spent, you know, the first like five months of that build, um, you know, half the time probably on YouTube and half the time wrenching. <laughs> so how how long did it take you to move a tablet or a computer out to the garage? <laughs> I think I was just using my phone. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. 
Because I finally bit it, Bill. I finally took it. I now have a, a laptop in the garage. Yeah. I probably used my laptop, though. I can't remember exactly, yeah. but probably did. And then, uh, so you, you you got this thing all built up. You got a roll cage for it. Now, what what, what kind of engineer are you? Civil? Mechanical. Mechanical. Okay, mechanical. Yeah. All right. I just like saying civil engineer. Is that is but, that uh, helpful? Uh, yes. Is it? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Now, you're a data guy, too, right? Uh, no, as if, if you would, I mean, I, I like looking at some of the pretty lines that the aim solo puts out on the, uh, on the computer when you plug it in, but I'm not what you would call a data guy. Okay. I think, right. especially in the racing sphere, you know, I think most people would call me a data guy, but if you talk amongst racers, I'm not a data guy. Um, we, we don't have live telemetry. We're not logging anything. The only thing we have for data is the aim solo. Right. Yeah. Which I still think is one of the best tools ever. You know, the day we got one of those was just, it just changed us all. You know, the predictive timing and just everything. I think the predictive timing aim solo is worth, for an inexperienced driver, yeah. four or five seconds, something like that. Like, yeah. the immediate feedback of seeing, oh, you're slow, like, is, is huge. Because then, you know, because we didn't have one for, like, the first few races. And I'd get out there and run in lap times. I'm like, man, I'm really hauling. I'm doing great. I call in on the radio. I'm like, how are my lap times? I'm flying, right? They're like, you're like six seconds off pace. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> if I've got the aim solo out there, I know for myself that I'm six seconds off pace halfway through the lap. Yeah. I know that, like, I need to pick it up and figure out what I'm doing wrong. Um, so, yeah, it's a fantastic tool, especially for, for beginners. So, right. does it, do you set the, the target time and then it, or does it do it for you? Uh, no, it just tells you what your last lap time was. Okay. And then it'll tell you your progress on this current lap, how you're doing okay. um, with a number. And it's helpful to send out an experienced driver for stint one, because then he'll tell you what the car's capable of. Sure. You know, if I went out stint one, I'd say, oh yeah, the car's only capable of like two fifties or two, three minutes. And then I think I'm doing good. And then he goes out there and he's five seconds faster than me. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause if I'd put it in there, it'd be like Ayrton Senna times. And then I'd be really disappointed. Like really yeah. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so when when did your car first hit the track? What year? We got out. So I bought it. I want to say like November of 2013. Okay. And it debuted in April the following year, 2014. Um, it was, I mean, basically it was at the time chump car legal. Um, Andrew put the roll cage in. We bought a roll cage components. Um, weld it yourself roll cage and other than that the car was completely stock it was on stock springs it was sitting you know <laughs> way off the ground i mean <laughs> we had ground clearance like a dune buggy because i had absolutely nothing to the car except for like rebuild the brakes i think i did water pump and stuff like that right. and then it, it was all i could do just to get it out to the track so that race we were real slow and then uh, uh but we finished we finished both days and, and did you have big, fun, man. Yeah. Finishing with your first build, and yeah, that's big. Yeah, I mean, we had repairs throughout. Like, you know, we oh. broke a ball joint one day, and then had to fix that. We broke a shifter on the test day, uh, so we were not without our issues. But we still fit, we t- still took the checker both days, and then after that first race, that's when we started working on making it fast. Right. And how long? of the development process was it before you felt the car you know to where you got the car to was 
I guess cars never stop developing. But how long was the development process till you really kind of felt you were almost there? Oh, um, we're still not there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, how really, much really though having Andrew uh, on the team because Andrew had been doing this for a long time um, between that that debut race and our next race the car spent several weeks in in his garage in his dad's garage and for a few weeks I didn't see the car but he and his dad were putting a lot of work on it and I get there it's like oh well the car's pretty fast now cool like what did you guys do yeah <laughs> that was like cutting springs doing a lot of the maintenance work that needed to be done, like new axles, new bolt, um, wheel bearings, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And actually getting it, like making it so the camber was correct or or at least not stock and and all kinds of things. I mean, it's funny though, how many of us were out there just eyeballing stuff and kind of making it look right and going out and can't figure out why the thing won't turn. Yeah. It's a big, you know, as a, as a team owner, you have so many, things that you need to do and you have to learn and yeah, yeah that was the hardest one for me was alignment trying to learn that yeah yeah i still ask andrew what to do for alignment we get to the track i'm like all right let's string it what numbers are we going for <laughs> i did one one time and i it, the car performed so well it was that one time we didn't write everything down of course and, not you know, <laughs> never got it back again of course not so how many so, oh go ahead bill no, you go ahead. I was just saying, so how many races do you guys get out to do every year? Um, for, for, gosh, I think like the first four years, we were doing two events per year. Okay. And I think we had like a max tow distance of like eight hours probably. We're trying to keep it local. Um, for the past couple of years, we've been doing three events per year. All right. So we did, this year we did uh, Audubon, Gingerman, and Road America. Okay. So we're really fortunate being in Chicago. We've got three great tracks within three hours. Um, yeah, because I, I grew up in Lake Geneva, so just a little okay. just a little north of there. And and that was one of the best things about being in that area is, like you said, three tracks within three hours. But you had ten tracks within a 12-hour tow of the kind of Wisconsin-Illinois border there. Um, yeah. Everything from Brainerd to Mid-Ohio to Gateway. Uh, and when you pull in um, uh, Nelson, because that was kind of the closest going in that direction, it was 10 tracks. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with, within a half day's tow. So well, a long day, I guess. A 12 hours is a good long day tow. But still, uh, just a great area. The only problem is that you could only race from like May 1st until November 1st. Yeah. So it was a lot of, you know, smashing a lot of races into a short period of time. So now, now one of the things, you know, I, I've won one race, I, you know, NCM, you know, probably one of the best tracks in the whole wide world because I won there. Of course. Ed has won <laughs> Daytona. You know, Ed won Daytona. The top cars dropped out, and there he was, just as the perfect win. Yeah. But you have won. You are one of the few people in the world that has won a race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah. What does that feel like? Uh, amazing. Um, probably greatest life accomplishment. <laughs> um, no, it's it's fantastic. Uh, we we were. Uh, as Doc said, like my feet didn't touch the ground for a month after that race. Yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, and, that was special. And, and and after that race, like for the rest of the year, like we were kind of thinking about doing another race later in the year, and I was like, 
no, let me just let me just ride on this indie high. <laughs> that that's awesome. We'll just coast on this for the rest of the year, and then we'll come out next year. <laughs> so, so did you grow up a race fan? Nope, nope. Um, you know, I grew up. I want to say 15 miles from Charlotte Motor Speedway okay. in North Carolina. Uh, but I think I went to one race there ever, and like an indie event. But I was not someone who actually watched or followed racing. Sure. Uh, I probably would have liked it if I did, but it's right. not something my parents or anyone I was hanging out with was interested in. Uh, much your parents, more. Interested. Your parents were farmers. Uh, no, my not by trade. <laughs> my mom. My mom grew up on a farm, and we were oh, okay. Like, as, we, we, I grew up on what was a farm. It, we weren't really. It wasn't a working farm at the time that I was living there. But we had a barn. We had a tractor. You know, we we basically grew grass and then cut it down. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, that's good stuff. But yeah, so I was not. I did not grow up racing or liking racing, um, but kind of fell into it um, after college and after hanging out with Andrew and getting in a champ car. This is basically when I started. Um, about when I got the car and got in the champ cars, when I started following Formula One and IndyCar. Right. What kind of what kind of car do you have in high school? This will tell you a lot about a guy. Two thousand Jetta five speed. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's a great car. Great high yeah, school car. I loved no, it. it was great. The, the reason I asked is I, I grew up in an era where you know there was one race at Indy, and that was a five hundred. There was no Brickyard four hundred. There was no Formula One. Um, and certainly no amateur racing. So, you know, I grew up where Indy was unobtainium. I've never gone through yeah. the tunnel as as even dreaming of being a competitor. When I would go through the tunnel, I was going to be a spectator. And the idea of ever competing was just like, there's no way that's ever going to happen. And then the first amateur race went there uh, several years back, and then Champ Gar and everything, and now, now historics go there. And uh, now the idea of going to the place where I grew up idolizing this location and going racing is just something I've got now on the bucket list that's actually something I might be able to do someday. And it's because of organizations like Champ Car and others that are now going to, you know, the holy grail of motorsports. It's so cool. So, But to win something like that is impossible, yeah. except yeah. for one guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, that was that was real special. Yeah. And like, like you were saying, like you grew up like knowing Indy and, and knowing how, you know, sacred yeah. it is basically. And, and I didn't. So when I saw Indy on the schedule and the amount that everyone was freaking out about going to Indy, <laughs> I said, okay, I've, I've got to get us on the schedule. So <laughs> I, I was one of those teams that signed up within 12 minutes of the, uh, of the sign up going live. Um, because I think it sold out in about 12 or 13 minutes. I bet um, I was one of those teams. And then, in the months leading up to it, I started reading more about indie, watching videos and stuff, and then really got the sense like, oh, this is special. Like, yeah, like yeah. this is a big deal, and this is this is an amazing event. I just remember going to the meeting with Mike Chizik. I think uh, Jimmy was with us and and uh, Phil McKinney, and you know we're walking through the tunnel, we're walking up through the elevators, and it's just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, the whole time. <laughs> we get up into the offices. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. Doug Bowles walks in. Oh my God. You know, it's just, yeah, we were just like fanboys and it was, it was crazy. Yeah, you try to be all professional, but in your head, you're just screaming, Oh my God, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. when we went back there to put the race on, it was, you know, a year of, or I don't know how long it was. Yeah. Almost a year of, 
meetings, monthly meetings, and just over and over, you know, sorting everything out. And then we get there and boom. And then Nathan just wins it. But hard work doing it. Day two. It wasn't easy for you. No, it was not easy. Um, day one, we had a great car. And um, who was that team that won? They're from Florida with those uh, Mitsubishis. Oh, Tuttle. No, the other ones. The um, the orange ones? They, they had a blue and orange. They had a Gulf livery one. And then they had like the white oh, one. Oh, yes. That's... um. Gosh, I can't guys, help me. Jackie X. Jackie X. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we had great guys, pace. So. We had great pace on day one. Some of the top teams like, so Andrew brought his uh, Honda there. They had, I think they had contact on day one or something. They had an issue. Yeah. It was contact. It took them out. Some of like the really top teams were, were falling off. And then going to the last stint, it was us and Jackie X pretty much neck and neck. And we had, a, an electrical issue, which just kept on getting worse that day. And it turned out to be a crank position sensor. Um, we ended up losing enough time from that that Jackie X passed us for the win. So we got second on day one. And that was pretty crushing. <laughs> but we replaced that sensor, came out day two, and just ran a perfect race almost. Um, and ended up getting it. So um, the car handled great at that track. I guess we had a good setup. Um, and uh, things just fell in place. I think Andrew's car, again, was faster than us, but they had transmission trouble day two. I think they had gone like 10 races in a row with no transmission trouble. They right. get to Indy, transmission breaks. So the stars aligned, and, and we took that win, and it was uh, it was really, really something. So was that the yeah. first champ car race at Indy? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, no one's ever going to take that away from you. Nope. Yeah. No, his was the second one. Yeah, mine was Jackie the second. Jackie X won the first one. Well, Jackie but the first weekend. The, the yes, first yeah, weekend. First, first weekend. Yeah. But you can't forget Jackie X taking the first ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's. So... And then he quits and goes moves to Florida after that. He said, I've, I've reached the pinnacle. Done. <laughs> yeah. No, We're I... not Florida. He moves to uh, Mexico. I get that. All right. So you've won 12 races. Is that That's right? It. Yeah. 12. Yeah, okay. that I, have about right. I have a data guy over yeah, here feeding okay. me info. Yeah. yeah. 12 races. That's a pretty good number, man. It is. I think we've entered 42. We, we were adding up the numbers as a team, you know, a month ago. So I think it's 12 out of 42. Um, certainly, I'll say that some of that is because we've been racing in the Midwest and we get quite a few races. They're like 30 cars show up. Right. If we were racing like, you know, Daytona, there's 120 i don't think we would have 12 wins right but still 12 wins is uh 12 wins is 12 that's wins, a pretty man. damn good matter. number yeah well and yeah especially it's still endurance racing so you still got to get to the end of an 8 or a 12 or a 14 or whatever the number is uh it's 13 nate's yeah. fourth year oh, pulls. <laughs> okay oh, yeah. whatever 13. the number is you yeah. know um, he won recently too but under a different car name yeah got it we're, we're playing around with joke names for for one race and then bill got mad at me so. yeah well i got mad at you because paulie will get mad at me because everybody keeps changing their names he has to figure <laughs> out who's what where and when for the championship oh uh, so. yeah. all right so 13 wins weekend, i think it's 22 podiums total so wow so this past weekend we're or not this weekend weekend before last we're at road america yeah yep. nice weather we had a good race out there it was raining you day up, one. yeah you end us. up on the podium 
you get yeah. protested. Yep. We 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 sequestered your car over into the tech building. And I think both and of Bill us learned some valuable. Up. I did. <laughs> for like a millisecond. Yeah. But to him, it was probably all in slow motion, and he's just freaking out. So it's said that they want to make sure the camshafts in your car are correct. So yeah. so let's so, go backwards, Bill. Who is yeah. they? They. A, t- a team. Okay. So you were protesting. Car. Got yep. it. Yeah, so a team protests his car, and so he pulls the valve cover off. We're doing it out of the weather. It's pretty windy out there. Sure. It was actually really there. nice that we got protested because we were in the tech shed when it was pouring rain. Yeah. Otherwise, we have been standing out in the rain. So. Yeah. So gets a cam cover off, and I get the tools out. And, you know, all we have is my dad gave me, when he passed away, gave me a ton of machinist tools. Of course, he was a machinist in the 60s and 70s, you know, when they used slide rules and <laughs> still, you know, yeah, just, you know, all man, no digital stuff. So have this, this, uh, what do they call that? A, uh, Micrometer? Caliper? Caliper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a caliper with just a, a dial, you yeah. know, no digital. And we have to measure. First of all, we have to get the measurements. What are What is this cam supposed to measure at? As soon as everybody, everybody's watching YouTube and doing all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff on their phones. As soon as we go to do this, the internet died oh, up there at Road America. So it's difficult to find stuff. You're finding things on the internet that are, you know, forums. And like we talked about earlier, you don't know where how good that info is you know, where it's from, if it was placed in there by some guy doing the, the old chump car, you know, data from way back. And so how false that is. And so we have to find this stuff. Finally, we get some numbers from Chris Huggins and that compares up with what other stuff we found on the internet. But then everybody that's measuring, including myself is getting a different number because we just don't know how to measure these camshafts while they're still in the engine, which right. is hard. It's not easy to do. You got to get it at the right angle. And so I measure it. We get a we get a number that mat, kind of matches up to a ZHP camp, which shouldn't be in his engine. And you get that look. I think it's that look right there we see. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Bill, stop messing with me, or something to that effect. And it's like, okay, this there's something wrong here. So I measure again. I get a different number, and it's just. We bring other people in. They're getting different numbers. And finally, we figure out, okay, we got to turn. I think you guys turned the head, the cams a certain way in the head. And we were able to get it, and it was spot on with what Chris sent. Then I had you measure it, and then I had the guy protesting measurement. Everybody was happy. So everything was good. Same thing with your your fuel cell. That was inspected. Hands dipped into it. Touch, things touched and felt and, and all kinds of cool stuff. But that is really hard. You You, you know, you spin... You spend so much time building these cars, and a lot of times you assume that the parts are legal. But sometimes you you know you you second guess yourself, right? Because you said that. So was the camp supposed to be stock? Yeah. So so on that engine, well, with with our build, we, right. we've started four fifty VPI. We've got fifty points on the engine. So if we've got illegal camp, well, if we have non-stock cams in there that adds 50 points right. so we'd have to be at five penalty laps and we were not claiming you know non-oe cams sure, we we're sure. claiming stock engine so so they had better be stock um and going into that when we when i heard we were being protested i said cool i mean it's going to pass it's just going to take an extra little you know this might take an hour to to right. get it cleared but but this is fine 
no big deal. And uh, and who knows, maybe some people will, will start uh, believing us more. <laughs> so I was looking at it as like a good thing. It's like, all right, cool. Protest, let's do it. Because um, I knew that I hadn't messed with the cams. Right. And when I bought that engine on Facebook and looked at it, it had every impression of being, and then when I started pulling it apart and pulling the hoses off and stuff, it had every impression or every indication that this was an untouched engine right. that no one had looked at for 19 years and certainly had not been messed with or, or cared for enough to have that a previous owner would have been putting hot hot cams in it. Right. So I was well, I couldn't be positive, but I was pretty sure that the cams were were stock in that engine. Sure. So, Bill, I take it from this conversation that there's no champ car rule that requires the teams to have the shop manual for their car with them at the racetrack. No. Okay. No. Yeah. Those are yeah, pretty expensive. I have one of those. I, have I, I one couldn't tell you what the specs were. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're expensive. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. but t- these days you can you can go to all data, and for $19 a year you can rent the shop manual. <laughs> so. So that's – so so because of what happened to Nate, Yeah. I've – um. I've talked to our tech guys, and I th- we're putting. So last week we had a meeting about it, about what Nate went through, and and you know potentially what we've the kind of experiences we've had in the past with inspecting folks. That it turned out to be legal. Um, we we we're putting together binders, basically with all the me- the the basic measurements that we are going to take at the track for the teams that we suspect will be you know the, that will be in measured or whatever right so basically all the e30s sure all all the all the the um what do you call them e4 e36s e46s no toyotas but <laughs> okay, i'm kidding so basically all the top cars and um to include toyota <clears throat> so we're gonna we're gonna do that with the engine designations that's the crazy part there's so many different you know m54 b16 you know just i mean letters all kinds of stuff. So alphabet with, suit. Yeah. Yes, and and it's, Hondas are like that. You right. know, it's just you you have a K twenty four, but there's fifteen versions of it. So what's yeah. what? Yeah. So yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do that. And the all data thing, we're going to actually be talking with them at at a PRI, which I don't know if you guys know. I got my my credentials here, so we're gonna be taking uh, Chelsea, me, and Ray Frank up there. Right. Excuse me. And we'll uh, be talking to folks like that and see if we can get some info from them. And uh, maybe get a subscription or two, and so we can start using that at races to get better data, and to help you guys. You know, all data should um, give you a subscription, or is it all data? I don't know who. Is it? Yeah, Somebody. they should give you like a subscription in exchange for being, you know, a little partner of Champ Car. Inside Champ Car, brought to you by, by All Data. There you go. There's an idea. Throw it out there, yeah. Bill. I'm throwing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we're gonna do something like that, but yeah. just to make it easier for us. The, the tech guys, right. you know, anybody measuring, even the teams. I mean, oh, I mean, like you said, you didn't know if anybody would mess with it. You're pretty certain they didn't, but it'd be kind of nice to know if you just took your calipers and, oh, nope, stock. Yeah. yeah. The, the amount of inspection I did when when putting that engine in the car was I, I looked at it long enough to see that they were stock appearing and they had um, casting part numbers on them, right. which which matched what it should have been. Right. Um, well, we always ground, but I didn't off. put a caliper on it. So we always thought grinding off all those numbers was a good idea. Yeah. Well, it would reduce the weight, which would be yeah. helpful. Yeah. So 
it's a totally valid reason to grind the, and the, the oil doesn't the stick shot. to those numbers very well it just flows right off exactly of it. yeah <laughs> yeah remember that reduce the weight reduce the friction remember uh, that, actually, Paul I, Cruz. I should do that now thanks for the yeah. idea bill that's yeah, my remember next that, Paul Cruz. grind off all the numbers it reduces weight yeah, <laughs> yeah. paul's watching <laughs> that's awesome so what's yeah. up next for you guys what's up next um i guess we're doing a lot of work this winter to prepare for the NCM championship. Um, so we're, we're going in there with two wins. So we'll be kind of right at the top of the seed. And this winter is all dedicated to reliability because okay. with the, with the new engine swap we did last winter, which has worked out great for us going with the M54. Um, that's been running great all season. We don't need to touch that. Um, we made suspension changes, springs, dampers. Um, we did a lot of changes in before Gingerman and then again before Road America. We've now arrived at a really good setup that we like there. And so we're happy with the performance. Uh, so this winter is going to be the whole nine yards. New brake calipers, new brake hoses, new axles, um, new uh, fuel system components. Uh, control arms, tie rods, ball, um, wheel bearings, wheel hubs, basically everything that moves. We're, we're going to replace it to to ensure that we have the best chance going into the NCM championship. And are you going to have a race between now and NCM to make sure all those changes are, are good and ready to go? No, I think that race is in March. Um, and, and like you said, it's... Uh, I don't know if that was during the podcast or when we were talking before. Um, you don't get much racing in the winter <laughs> in <true>. Chicago. <laughs> so so we're, we're going to – hopefully there's a test day to shake it down at NCM. Okay. And then, but but if not, you know, day one of the championship, that's going to be when we're shaking it down and, and making sure that we, we tightened everything up uh, correctly. Right. right. So what, do you th- what kind of race do you think we should run? Should we run one of those 14-hour long races where it's just – you know, the park for me type thing or are the we are, races? Or we the are races? fans of the park for May format. Why uh, is that? Why? Well, because it's, uh, well, it's, this is endurance racing. So you want to long, run a long race that really tests the cars and test the teams and make sure that everything is, you know, it, it's harder to go 14 hours than seven hours and, and give a nice challenge. Um, but then the park for May format is really great because you get to sleep and take a shower between the first <laughs> and the second day. And that is and, that's and really. And you better sweet. show up with a car prepared to win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or finish. You know, there, there's no, there's no fixing. You know, um, a wheel bearing that's going bad. You know, between day one and day two, you better come yeah. with with a good one uh, on starting yeah, out. I, I've done a bunch of the park for maze. I do like them as a car owner. Cause it's like, ah, I get to sleep. I get to eat dinner with everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And because it, it prevents you from, from working on the car. That's, that's a blessing right there. Yeah. 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 Otherwise I'd, I'd have to spend two or three hours, you know, touching every nut and bolt on the car just to make sure they're not coming loose. Um, now what if, what if, and I, th- I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's just throw a wild idea out there. <laughs> what if, we park for made everybody, but you were given like half an hour to do whatever you wanted on the car with the exception of fueling. What would that do? What, what, that what doesn't sound do? like park for me. <laughs> well, okay. Not park for me, but you get, a, you get half an hour to do anything you want on the car with the exception of fueling. 
Okay. <laughs> that was as definitive as you're yeah. ever going to get, just Bill. Asking. I'm not yeah. saying what we won't, we probably won't do that at at NCM, but I was just thinking about maybe another race down there. It's an interesting idea, but I, I like that Park for May is the best recreation of like a straight 14 or 15 hour yeah. race that right. you can get. But you get to sleep. But you get to sleep and take but a do shower. You, do you yeah. really get to sleep? Because you're worried about, oh, I swear that bearing was vibrating. Well, I get to sleep. I, I don't know about other people, but I, I'm i able to separate and, and, you know, put things into a bracket or category that's just things that I can't, that I don't have any control over. Right. Perfect. If I don't have control over it, it doesn't worry me and I can sleep. So. Good. You, you, you are the man of Zen. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Anything else, Bill, before we let no, Nate go it. have dinner yeah. or go go take care of his kid? Yeah. Oh, how is yeah, one more thing. Oh yeah. How do you balance all that? You have a two year old, two and a half year old kid. Yeah. Wife, family, house, work. How do you balance all that? Um, it's you? really easy to balance because I don't have work. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the that's the piece of uh, of your puzzle that that's missing here um yeah so when, when he was born almost two and a half years ago um i quit my job and i've been staying home uh, watching him ever since uh, so i'm really fortunate to have married a doctor and uh, well done and yeah uh, so <laughs> she she has the income to support us and i stay home and, and take care of the kid and, and it's been wonderful that's awesome so I get a lot of work done, you know, during nap time. Yeah. So, so he takes, you know, he'll get on around 1 p.m. or so, and then I know I've got I've got two hours I can get some work done on the car. Oh, I was going to say, man, that's a 12-hour nap time. Man, that's a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is convinced that if that were our situation, I'd never be able to handle it. So, um, it's I, tough. I I don't get to choose, so um, I won't ever have to prove myself. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, that's I'm sure awesome. it's not for everybody, but but it's working out for us really Perfect. nicely. So so I enjoy it. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, Nate Gardner, Premium Dudes. Thank you so much for being with us. Good luck at NCM. We'll uh, we're looking forward to seeing how that all that whole thing plays out for you. And uh, uh, have a good time. Have a good winter. Stay warm up there. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Bill. Great being on the show. And we are back. Champ Car Live. Brian Belansky, Bill Strong. Nate's a good guy. Yes, he is. Good racer, good yeah. car builder. Must be. That amazed me that he, he you know, didn't grow up a car guy. Yeah. Because as the quality of his work, you know, but he has a lot of really good friends that are, you know, good racers and good, good car guys. So yeah. that helps. And that's, I think, is the big difference between uh, Champ Car and the big time racing is, you know, you, you have your friends that you have. Well, even big time, but you have your friends that can uh, come out and help you. They right. have specialties that you can abuse. I mean, uh, use. <laughs> Speaking of which, this past weekend we were at Atlanta Motorsports Park. Beautiful weather out there. Moonshine festival going on. So one billion people, all sloshed. Yeah, I don't know about slosh, but yeah, but it was a lot going on down there. And where 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 is that place? That's uh, is it is it Dawsonville? Dawsonville, Dawsonville, Dawsonville from Dawsonville. Yeah, I don't think Bill Bill lives there anymore, but his son Chase, some kid. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Yeah, Chase lives there still. Yeah, um, NLS Racing 
and their Nissan, they take first place on Saturday, whooping up on the Toyota MR2 from Cone Crushers. Oh, if I see racing taking third, 901 Motorsports, those guys taking fourth. And on second thought, racing taking fifth with Atlanta Speedworks and their Porsche finishing sixth. So it was a weekend with Porsches, and guess what? Yeah. They not, didn't win. None of them won. Nope. The internet lies to me, man. They tell me over and over again that these Porsches are just whooping up on everybody. Yeah. But you know what whooped up on everybody on Sunday? A, a Toyota, Toyota MR2. Mark II. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <sighs> I don't get to say that much anymore, man. You've had that gloating aura. I did. All show. And you've yeah. been waiting patiently for 43 minutes and 43 seconds into the show. Like, come on, Nate. We need to talk about my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cone Crushers wins. It did have some parts of mine on it, which I felt so proud about. Yeah. So You still can't claim hubs. to win yourself. And they were hubs. All right. You know how people talk about our hubs falling off? They fell off mine under his. Mm. Well done. NLS Racing finished second place, two laps behind the Toyota MR2. Mm-hmm. 901 Motorsports in third, on second thought racing in fourth, Team Bruce Innovations in fifth, and Atlanta Speedworks in their Porsche in sixth. Again, Porsche's not up front. I don't get it. I don't we either. Do have a tech, we do have a tech tip. We do? Do you want me to play the music? Yes, play the music. I will play the music. Go, for, go, go for tech tip. All right. All right. The tech tip. <laughs> and this is live, not live, but this is from our chief of tech, Ray Frank. As we are preparing for 2024, he wants to make certain that everybody going to the next few races, that your car is classed in the correct class. Okay. And that your engine size is correct because tech will be doing post-race inspections to check bore and stroke. We'll also be looking at piston Ooh. tops and valves. So really, really important, especially at Sebring. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the Internet, and we're going to put all that to rest. Okay. So it's, uh, oh, I mean, we might even do spot checks. Don't know yet. Got a meeting tomorrow night. We'll talk about some stuff. But it could be walking through the paddock. Hey, let me look at your can. You know, pull a spark plug out real quick. Takes a couple minutes to take a look at it. Yeah. Done. Move on. So make sure your Miatas are running the correct pistons for that engine that you're claiming. So I don't, I just know that there's a picture of a piston. And if it looks like that one and it's not supposed to be in your non VVT, non VVT engine, don't put it in. There you go. So things like that, you know, big valves, little valves, big pistons, big bore, big stroke. The warning do has been thrown unless down. you've claimed it. Yeah, unless you've claimed it, and right. you're all good. It may even pull off. You know, make sure your valve train stock if you've claimed stock valve train. I don't know. It's yeah. up to those guys. So just so much crap going on on the internet. We're going to put it to rest. We'll either prove, like with Nate, they're not. 
you know, they don't have uh, illegal parts on their cars or unclaimed parts versus, you know, versus yeah. the guys, hey, guess what? So, all right, that's it. That's the tech tip, and we'll keep repeating that up until race day, I think. There you go. But uh, we have a tech meeting tomorrow. We're supposed to have a tech meeting tonight, but some folks had to uh, um, cancel, so we're going to do it tomorrow night. Fair enough. So we're not, other than that, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. So, yeah. All right, what's the next segment? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, yeah. So we get a month off, buddy. <gasps> we don't go racing until uh, December. So what are we going to talk about? Everything. 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 So lots going on. We have a, a board of directors election that starts tomorrow. Nice. And when I say tomorrow, it's whenever I wake up and go turn it on. Actually, I think it's turned on right now. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> I noticed nobody would vote. I put a link up earlier, and nobody's used it. So, um, yeah, we have oops, wrong link. Let me get back here. We have 10 people that won the chance to go up for the board of directors. How many Sorry, spots? I'm, two slots. Ten Here people vying for two slots. Ten people vying for two slots. I think it's a two-year job. Mm-hmm. Cliff Beesler, or he's with the uh, NLS race team. Sam Collier, who races uh, with, I think Randy Popes and a bunch of other folks. Christopher Hoggins, who uh, we all know is already on the board. Josh Jack, he's I believe on our tech. Jason Kennedy. Northern Virginia runs um, a Miata. David Kiesack, uh has been in every racing everything from uh, Corvettes to Camaros to Porsches and races a Porsche in Champ Car. And also really good business guy, Glenn Cruz, also a good racer, not any relation to Paul Cruz. He mm-hmm. puts that into his bio, no relation. Bernie Myers, trying again to get on the board. I like Bernie. Steve Malloy, don't know much about Steve yet, but uh, we're slowly getting in their bios. We're going to be putting them up. You got a month to vote. So, and John Whitnow, um is uh, up as well. He's the Mr. Mini. I raced with earlier this year. Yep, he was the mini. So got these folks there going up for the job, and um, they'll be putting their bios up. I've got two of them up. Just click their name up on the forum. Okay. That'll be fun. And then, of course, we have the schedule. Oh, is it out? Uh, not yet. <laughs> Probably tomorrow. You keep teasing me, man. I know. I mean, I know what it is. We're, we've finalized it. We're waiting for... Go to my email. Uh, we're, we're waiting. Well, we're going to release it, but we're going to have a couple of dates on there that are not set in stone yet. Um, Gingerman and Laguna Seca. What? Wait, wait, what? what still. What? Oh wait, did I? You you were supposed to bleep me out, man. Oh oh oh! So I can't ask you to say it again. Okay, you ready? Laguna Seca. <gasps> you missed. You missed. I'm I'm hearing it feedback. Let me check. I think that I think that's what I said. Right. Gosh, I I hope you're. Hope you're not. Be that. Teasing me, man. Now we're, we we've got we don't have a date yet. We're still working with them, but uh, but yeah, we're going to Road Atlanta, VIR, 
Harris Hill, NCM. Okay, so, so for all of the folks, can Lake I Lane. can I can I talk about Laguna for a second? Watkins Glen. Can I talk about it for a second? <laughs> for all the folks that are on the other side of the big big hill, who might not want to come all the way out here by us West Coast people to go to Laguna Seca, here's the cell for the wives: Monterey, yeah, Carmel, yeah. even the Bay awesome. Area. Make a yeah. make a vacation out of it, and don't just come out for race weekend. Come out the week ahead of time. There are so many cool things to do in that area. That yes. are ha- that have nothing to do with racing. Um, um, uh, the this, this series that I do, Super Tour, on SCCA, we're going to New Orleans this year, and my wife's like, "I'm going with you," so we're gonna take a whole week and we're gonna spend yeah. we're, we're gonna spend a couple of days going to eat uh, eat beignets and listen to jazz and 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 there's this hurricane something I'm supposed to drink and and uh, so so that's how maybe it's a long tow, yep. Um, but but that's how you kind of justify coming out here, and uh, and it's also one of the coolest dang racetracks you're ever gonna go race on. Right, it is. I've I've raced on it. Yeah, it's a lot more slipperier than I thought. Yes. because of the sand, the yeah. sand blowing in off the ocean. Right, but uh, it was fun. We had a good time there. You mean the um, sand blowing yeah. in right off the track next to you? <laughs> no, no. But it was just yeah. it was it it's was great. sandy, and we almost won that, but we didn't. Yep, because you know we were. Mid pack, I, so. I don't know. Top ten, I think. I think we're ten. Autobahn, we're going to Sebring a couple times. Nelson Ledges, oh yeah, yeah. Ledges. Mm. Some other people are going to be real happy about that. I'm thinking part for me for Nelson Ledges. Ooh. I think we spice it up a bit. Do it twelve, something twelve and twelve. No, fourteen, fourteen. No, yeah, twelve. 12. That'd be <laughs> awesome. No, seven, seven. Okay. And uh, no, we're getting it for a really good price, so that's why we're able to do this. And Fred and the the team have really, and Brian have really put together a good package for us. And I want to see that race succeed. I'm being told by certain people in our organization that it might, won't succeed. Hmm. You know, so I think it will. I really do think it will because I know our racers want to race, and that's a good racing track. We'll be at VIR for the 24 this year: Thompson, Mid Ohio, Harris Hill, Pittsburgh, Road America. Iron Motorsports Park, Virginia, Gingerman. We're still waiting on our date for Gingerman, by the way. Yeah. We don't, we, we've uh, everybody at Gingerman's moved their dates around, and we're still waiting for ours. But. Yep. And then maybe, like I said, Laguna Seca. We, we we've submitted. We'll see what happens. And wow. all they can do is say yes or no, or here's the date, and it conflicts with our other stuff. Yeah. But we will be going back there. We are not going to Indy like we like was said, you know, last maybe. year or earlier this year. Um, this year, but we will work on that for next year. Cool. 2025. I'm sorry, 2025. Yes. There's just a lot going on in this company. Um, like we've said in the past, we had a hard time there for a bit. We've come out of it and we're looking good, but we really have to be responsible with how we spend money. And uh, this is one of them. Um, well, and when you go to a place like Indy, it's good to not go every year. Because it loses kind of some of its its shiny, yeah. happy people moment when you do it right. every year. So it makes it a lot more special um, uh, to go to some of these. Even like Laguna Seca, if, if you get a chance to come back out here. It's great that you don't come out every year because when you do have it, then people can circle it on the, and, and just go. Yeah. So No Hallett next year. We'll, we'll, we'll review it again. I said the board, you know, asked us to reduce our schedule, and a lot of it was due to – outgoing money we had to reduce the uh the money 
losers, you can right. call it for us. And um, we'll see. And again, some of these races that we're doing are later on in the year, and we'll we'll, we'll reassess as we go. Right. You know, um, but I I, th- I think that race will do good. Same with uh, a couple others that we have on. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, whatever we do, nobody's going to like. You know that. <laughs> yeah, you can't please everybody. There's always going to be someone who won't be happy. We try. We, you know, we, we would try to do a 24 at Watkins Glen, a 24 at Daytona, a 20 a 28-hour race at Sebring, but maybe in 2025. All right. Wait, did I say that? Uh, I didn't hear a thing. Maybe, hopefully, Chelsea's not listening. um no no she's listening (laughs) oh damn it mute him mute him mute him he's supposed to be hitting the uh, thing (laughs) what's the first midwest race coming this year first of all i have no freaking clue where the midwest is when i hear midwest i think of like el cajon no 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 that's not midwest it's got to be in may you got like gingerman in may or or no ncm NCMs. Yeah, that's kind yeah, of Midwest-ish. Yeah. That's Midwest-ish. Midwest-adjacent. No. Daytona's Midwest between 95 and the beach. I don't know. Except that it's east. It's mid-east. There's nothing but, west about Daytona. <laughs> but it, but it's west of the east side of the I-95 corridor. No, it's yeah. actually east of I-95. Yes, but it's west. Of what? Of the, of the east side of it. It's not. <laughs> it, it's west of the east coast by about a, five miles. On that note, <laughs> check your boring strokes, kids. That's what all the That's girls all tell ask. me. <laughs> check your boring stroke, because we are. Oh, that's too <laughs> funny. All right, my man. We'll get back and do this again next week. How about that? All right, dude. Yep, yep. We need a guest for next week. Anybody want to? Be on the show. Yeah. Pop me an email. That's awesome. Things like that. So, all right, you go have dinner, have fun. We'll yeah. talk to you later, Brian. That's going to do it for another episode of Inside Champ Car. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast. You won't miss any episodes. It would also be great if you share it on your social media channels. Comment on the Champ Car Facebook page. Good comments only. Bad comments. Go put it on some other series page. Uh, new episodes every t- uh, Tuesday night on the YouTube and every uh, Thursday morning on the Racing Wire Podcast Network. For Bill Strong, I'm Brian Belansky. Have yourself a great week. We'll see you next time, everybody. <laughs>